We are in Psalm 139. This is our last Sunday for the messages to be in Psalms. I've already read through the end of it because I write these gathering in the words two days ahead of time and uh, so that I can edit and, and reread and all that sort of thing as we go through. But, but today we're in Psalm 139. I'm going to read the whole Psalm, 1 through 24. It, it, quite honestly, the, the, the message of Psalm 139 is kind of all-encompassing. As a matter of fact, the point of the message today is God is everything. Okay, uh, Psalm 139 is just kind of covers it all, all righty? And so uh, we're going to dig into parts of it. We can't obviously just uh, extract every little piece of information in it, but it is one of those passages, 1 through 24. Psalm 139 is like a, a gold mine. You just keep mining and mining and mining into it, and it's good stuff. God said it. God spoke. Uh, the God who is outside of time and, and outside of of, of of this physical that we are so related to and so attached to. Uh, God is spirit, the word tells us. God has spoken into time. God has spoken into our existence. We have his spoken word in creation. He spoke it all into existence. He said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light, let there be trees. Specifically speaking, let there be pine trees. All righty. Uh, God spoke it all into existence. We get to enjoy the sanctuary of God's creation. Uh, Paul reminds us in Romans to, to worship the creator, not the creation. Just a reminder. All righty. Uh, second thing is we have God's written word. This is the word of God. All of it. Genesis to Revelation. We are reading it this year. And you'll notice now that we're finishing Psalms, we're, we're beyond halfway now. And so we're reading Genesis to Revelation from January to December. We're, many of us in, uh, are using the plan in the uh, Version Bible app that uh, the, the Bible Project put out. And so it gives so many chapters a day. And whatever chapters fall on Sunday, that's what we share from, from, from the, the, the platform. Uh, that's what we preach on, whatever it falls on Sunday. This today, Psalm 139 was in the chapters that we read for today. And so if you're reading along, yay. If you're not reading along, you get to next year. Because uh, now we're, we're halfway through. You'll never catch up. Just, want, just letting you know. If you want to start now, go ahead. It'll be fine. But I am not going back to preach Genesis. Um. So God said it. Now, the story of God's Word, it's interesting when you get this, this sort of bird's-eye view of God's Word, what you have is, is God's uh, action, God's plan, God's purpose, God's story of redemption from creation, which, which comes the fall. Wait a minute. Lindsay, come back. Raylan, come here a minute. Come on down here. Come right here. Yes, just run down here. Just you by yourself. Come here. Nope. Oh, you going to make Maverick walk with you? Maverick, will she walk with you down here? Come on down. I don't do this just for anybody. But if you look at any pictures of the gathering, you'll see me carrying this child from the time she was little bitty. Right? This is Raylan, and she's five today. Oh, how about that? This is Jordan and, and, and Lindsay's youngest, and uh, she, she, she let me carry her around. I, it was just surprising. When she wouldn't go to just about anybody, she would come to me, and so it was just really cool. So let's sing to her, all righty? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woo! All right. <laughs> 
I told her back there this morning, all right, thank you, Raylan. I told her, I said, you're a whole hand now. I said, you started with one finger, then two fingers, then three fingers, then four fingers. Now you're a whole hand. So uh, anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, God's story begins with creation for us. God, God has existed in eternity past, will exist into eternity future. Uh, and, in, and, and our part in it comes with creation. Uh, the, the very sanctuary of God's creation and all that he spoke into existence, one thing he formed out of the dust, and that's us. And breathed life into us, Right? But then there's this fall, and then there's sin, and then there's this, this chaos that follows sin. And, and then you got the couple, Abraham and Sarah, that God makes this covenant with, where he says that I will bless all the nations of the world through you, through your family at, at 90 and 100 years old. And, and, and so then we have the family group, and then we have the, the family that became a people group that moved into Egypt for, for a long time. And, and then we have millions that came out of Egypt. Somewhere estimates are between 2 and 6 million when, when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt. And, then, and in, the, in the wilderness, God developed this nation, this, this people group into a nation. How, how, how are they identified uh, as a nation? Uh, I, I've enjoyed this part of this, is that, that, they, that their identity as a nation is formed around their worship. It's formed around their identity in God. It's formed around their ruler, who, who is God, you see. And so he shapes them into this nation, and then he moves them through this wilderness because of their disobedience this, these 40 years, and then takes them into the land of promise, right? So we've got this story. There it is. There's the picture. We've got this people, this nation. They called for a king even though God told them, you don't want a king. They said, yeah, we do. The king, most of the kings of Israel were bad kings, and yet, when we see the king of Israel, we recognize that, that that is that foreshadowing, that pointing to the king of kings, which is Christ, our Savior, and we now the body of Christ. You see, the blessing that God promised through the covenant is Jesus. So, this morning, last week I asked the question in these first two gatherings about knowing, you know, knowing me, knowing you, knowing each other. And, and how well we know each other, or, or better yet, how well we don't know each other. And yet, truthfully, this morning, God is saying to us, I know you. I know you. I know everything about you. I know everything about you before you ever were you. You see? And, and, and so God has this purpose and this plan and, and, and this, this identity that he wants us to live out in him. God's everything, y'all. Pray with me. Father, this morning as we begin your word and as we start to read Psalm 139, God, you spoke it. You breathed it out as your living word. God, you breathed it out as your written word. You've breathed it out, God, for us that we might that we might know you. God, that's the encouragement, that we might know you better, that we might know you better today than we knew you yesterday, and that every day of our lives is this pursuit, this, this yearning, this hungering to know you more. Because God, as we know you more, it changes who we are. So God, show us yourself this morning. Let us see you. God, that we might be drawn to you. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. 
God's spoken word, God's written word, the Bible, and then God's living word is Jesus. And, and that, that, that's what God said it is all about. I want to share with you, and I, I didn't actually have this in the notes, so John, don't, don't even look for it. So, but I do want to uh, share. I want to read this little passage that became very instrumental in my walk with Jesus and relationship with God. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you gave him authority over all flesh so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. Now, this is, this is referred to as the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus in John chapter 17 praying before his crucifixion, before his death. Verse 3 says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. See? I mean, God says that, that, that everything in here is God-breathed. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed, right? And so, so God is revealing Himself through His Word. God is showing us Himself, right? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, how do you let people know who you are? See, men, if you were here for breakfast yesterday, we know who John is, Right? When we, when we tell people about our lives, when we tell people who we are, folks, this is God telling us who he is. Now, truthfully, the infinity of God cannot be contained simply in the words. John's the one said we wrote everything that, that God had said and done. It would fill volumes upon volumes. You see? Psalm 139. Listen, just, just, you can read it on the screen. Just listen to what God is saying. As David writes this for us, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. I stopped on that one the other day when I was reading that. God understands my thoughts before I do. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways before a word is on my tongue. You know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Okay, King James, here you go. Fearfully and wonderfully made, right? That's the way I memorized it. 
Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me. When I was formless, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. God, Only if only you would kill the wicked, you bloodthirsty men, stay away from me, <laughs> who invoke you deceitfully. Your enemies swear by you falsely. Lord, don't I hate those who hate you and detest those who rebel against you? I hate them with extreme hatred. I consider them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive, and I'm going to go ahead and say wicked, way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Wow. I, I, I said a few weeks ago, when reading the Psalms, remember, as, as God is revealing himself to the individuals, uh, the writers, of his word. God's the author, but he reveals and breathes out the words that they write. And so when I look at David and and and, and I see this king who is who is is is, is ha- he has these internal tortures, he has these external challenges, he has this this people of this nation of rebellious peoples and and all of these kind of things and 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 yet David we still I still picture David as that kid on the hillside just singing and praising God. And then as an adult, he's going, God, you know my heart. You know me. Right? When you get alone with God like that, when when you stop the noise, the distractions of this world, and just get alone with God, and say, God, you know me. God, you see me. You see me where I am. You see me where I'm going to be. You see, God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. He knows everything, past, present, future. He knows everything, eternity, past, before he ever said, let there be. God is all-eternal. He knows me from my innermost thoughts, right, from the very center. Before I think it or say it, God is already aware of what I'm going to think or say. You're not going to surprise God, right? God never sitting in his throne went, I didn't see that coming. That's something God never said, ever, okay? God knows you. Are you struggling? Well, if you are, God knows that. God knows exactly where you're struggling. Here's the thing. God already knows the why you're struggling. God already knows the outcome of your struggle. God, I, I said this this week in the, in the, in the devotionals, that, that whatever unexpected is going to happen in your life today. It's not a surprise to God. See, because he's outside of time. 
Our tomorrows are right in front of Him. God is pouring into us today, providing for us today, everything that we can need for tomorrow. You see? I mean, that's what, David, I like this song. You could pick it all apart, just take it all the little pieces apart. But what I want you to hear is the song that David's writing to God. God is simply, I mean, David is simply singing to God, God, you know my every molecule and fiber. Right? The all-knowing God knows my innermost being and my outermost ways, my choices, my attitudes, my actions. You see? God is God is omnipresent. You know, these, these are the big theological omni words. And, and, and I spent several years in the Atlanta area and went to the omni, but that doesn't have anything to do with these. Omniscience, God's all-knowing knowledge, right? Omnipresence, God is everywhere, all at the same time. He is all present with us from, from everlasting, everlasting to the here and now to the everything that's coming. God is just simply there. Can I just go ahead and tell you I don't understand? I, mean, I, I'm, I can only be in one place at one time, right? So, so that, that's finiteness. That, that's limitations. God is unlimited. And yet that's when people want to ask some of the goofiest questions I've ever heard. Right? I mean, I remember some of them. Y'all ready? Y'all probably heard them. If God's all-powerful, can God create a rock that's so big that he can't pick it up? I'm like, so why ask that question? What does that question accomplish? Right? God is all everywhere at all times. God is the all-creating. You see? I mean, in Hebrew, there are two different words for this creation. Um, In reference to God, God is the one who creates out of nothing. God spoke it into existence. God said, let there be, and boom, there was. He didn't go, hmm, somebody made soup. Let me put some enzymes in it. I mean, if you studied science, you know primordial soup, enzymes clashing together in a lightning storm makes people. That's steps, but anyway. Right? And of course, now the question of the existence of matter is suddenly being questioned by scientists. Because they're going, you know, really, something out of nothing is, is not possible. It's a joke. I like the joke. I've told it before. Y'all ready? Scientists finally approached God and said, God, we've discovered how to create life in a laboratory. God said, hmm, okay. He says, we want to challenge you. God says, okay. So they set up the challenge, and God says, all right, you go first. So the scientists reach down and pick up a handful of dirt, and God says, whoa. Use your own dirt. (laughs) Right? 
Some of you hadn't heard that one. That one's been around a while, y'all. I'm sorry. I don't know who told it first. I probably stole it from somebody. But anyway, from conception to resurrection, God is the all-creator. That's why in these verses when it says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, makes the argument in our culture and our society today absolutely absurd. Okay? Because at conception, God knows the person. From conception to resurrection. And then finally this, this, this picture of God's holiness. Perfect. See? God the all holy from, 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 from the coming judgment that, that David writes about here. To, to our present testimony. The life we lead. The faith we live today. God says, you know me. I mean, we say, you know me, God. God, you know me. You knew me before me. Right? I've told you, so I got to sit, my mom turned 79 yesterday. She's 79 years old. I got to sit with them for a few hours this week at their house and argue about working in the yard in the heat. It's okay. Uh, they didn't want me to do it. Uh, but anyway, mom's 79. In a, in a few weeks, dad will be 84. Right, and I sat with them. My mom lived. My mom lived in a house going up Kirksey Drive. My dad lived in a house on the corner of Kirksey and Brissy. And mom was the daughter of a of a of a plant manager, industrial engineer, textile guy. And my grandfather on my dad's side was a weave room supervisor. And 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 so Earl met Sharon in the streets of Matthew Mills Matthews Mill Village. Right? That, they met there. Uh, sometime later, you know, they decided to get married. Somewhere in the midst of meeting and marriage, and then a year after marriage, I came along. <clears throat> Somewhere before they were married, my mom, they poured this little corner piece of concrete right on the corner of the sidewalk at my grandmother's house where my father was born. Right? So my, my mom gets down in the corner of the brand new concrete. She was a vandal at young age. Anyway, she got down into the concrete and she wrote the name Bobby in the concrete before they were married. See? My mom was already planning who she was marrying. His name was Robert Earl Owings Sr. They called him Earl. But she knew before I was born that I was going to be Bobby. Right? Man! She's not omniscient. She's not all creating. She's not all powerful. See? But it's in things like that that I look at my life and I go, God, you knew me before I ever existed. You knew who I would be. Now, truthfully, in seventh grade, I tried to change my name to Robert. It didn't take, obviously, right? I'd go in. We changed schools at the time, but a friend of mine told me, he said, yeah, every time we get, no, it was Bob, not Robert. I tried to change it to Bob. 
And a friend of mine said, yeah, I said, every time we go into class and they call the roll, they say, Bob Owings. And people go, well, I know Bobby, but I don't know any Bob, right? See, God knows your every inclination, every fiber, every being. God, in this, what do you see in David's relationship right here? God is holding David in the palm of his hand. Every concern, every challenge, here I go, Lou, every trial, God's holding you in the palm of his hand. You see that? It's just incredible. And then the fact that God is Redeemer. God redeems us. He purchased us. Right? I mean, I look at this discussion of wickedness and, and bloodthirsty men and enemies. And David's going, God, I, I hate the people who hate you, God. Right? <laughs> and then we flip around and we start reading Jesus' words. And Jesus says, you know, it's, if you love the people who love you, big deal. I'm telling you to love those who hate you. Do good to those who want evil for you. See, God redeems us. He picks us up. So when, when a few weeks ago when we, we started these psalms, I said, read the psalm and, and seek to understand the man, the person, the whoever that wrote it and how God poured into them the words that we now read in black and white. David, in the challenges of kingship, in the ch personal challenge, his own sin. I mean, we know it. Everybody knows David's story. That, 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 that story of rooftops and Bathsheba that makes you want to go, what were you thinking? Right? But David says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. That's how he starts it and then he finishes it with, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive, anything offensive, anything wicked in me and lead me into the everlasting way or in the everlasting way. God redeems us. And I'm enjoying Psalms, y'all. Guess what? We're going to hit Proverbs and then all of a sudden we're all going to feel like, duh. I'm just going to warn you. Ahead of time, as we write these daily, as I write the gathering in the Word devotionals, I know I'm going to be sitting there going, Tuh. you know? But it's even in my duh that God knows me and redeems me. <laughs> I'm sure God, God watches my hmm. Right? I tell people all the time, I say, I believe God has a sense of humor, right? I mean, the, the, that he chooses to use us, that he chooses to use me. I just, God, you could have done better, right? And yet God redeems us. He picks us up 
out of the mire and makes us his own. Oh, man, I like Psalm 139. I haven't picked it apart simply because there's too much to, to, too much to go through. If you're reading through the Bible, keep going back to Psalm 139 every so often and just read it. Just go back and go, wow, you know me, God. You hold me, God. You redeem me. See? So I went Easter, I, pre <laughs> I preached. God said, it's going to be all right. God said, it's going to be all right. Okay? In Christ, our hope, it's all right. Pray with me. Father, today we give you thanks and praise. God, I, I just praise you in this moment, in this time. God, that, that all those hundreds and hundreds of years ago that David sat down with, with, with probably some kind of plant, paper, and, and scratching ink of some sort and, and wrote words that you breathed into his heart, God, that, that was intended and meant to speak through the ages. God, it was intended and meant to show us you. God, you revealed yourself to us through your word, spoken, written, living word. You've revealed yourself to us. And yet, God, we allow ourselves to be distracted. We allow ourselves to be, to be led away into sin and bondage and captivity. And God, you have chosen to redeem us by the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. God, our world is, is upside down. The things that are going on around us are just... God, thank you. Thank you for being a God of perfection and order and creation and knowledge and power. And thank you for holding it in the palm of your hand. God, thank you for holding us in the palm of your hand. God, help us like David just to praise you and allow ourselves to be led into everlasting. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.